In the morning when I wake up and I stumble out of bed, I put my pointy hat on my little pointy head, and it doesn't much matter if the sky is rain or shine, cause the gnome is a happy fellow almost all the time. Hello and welcome back to Witch Fix, I'm Sarah, and if you haven't played any of the Fable games, you're probably quite confused right now if you haven't just turned off, but um, I assure you this will make sense. So I was trying to decompress from playing State of Decay and getting ripped apart by zombies constantly, so I thought what could be better than going back to a childhood favourite of mine, a game that is definitely one that is happy and cheerful, except when it's very much not, and I'm talking about the Fable series from Lionhead Studios. So um, there are three Fable games, uh, Fable 1, Fable 2 and Fable 3, although Fable 1 is just Fable, and you can buy it remastered for Xbox 360 as Fable Anniversary. Now I haven't played Fable 1 all the way through because it was originally on the Xbox, just the Xbox, um, and it kind of looks a bit shite now and it plays a bit weird and it's not incredibly intuitive and I don't really get on with it that well. The game that I started out playing was Fable 2 because my brother had it and was really into it for a good long while and then he like pre-ordered Fable 3 so I have access to that as well and I played it continuously um, when I was like a teenager and then when I got my own Xbox it was probably one of the first games that I bought. Fable 2 and Fable 3 um, are both for the Xbox 360 but backwards compatible to the Xbox One which is how I'm playing it at the moment and I would describe them broadly as baby's first RPG. So you go into it, you are designated as a hero which is one of a fabled race of like super powered individuals who save the world of Albion which is basically just England and you don't really have to pick a class or a race, you just are human slash a hero and you have access to three kinds of combat, swords or melee, um, ranged attacks which tend to be like pistols or crossbows and also magic attacks which are area and launched attacks. But you can use all of those at any one time and you get experience in all of them. So it doesn't really make you pick a path to take, although obviously you can specialize in one area if you really want to, it just won't really change the game that much. You also go around the fictional world of Albion, meeting various different people with charming regional accents and doing quests for them, but the quests are ridiculously simple and easy. On the way, you'll collect a lot of treasure with the help of your dog, who barks and locates dig spots that you can dig up to find treasure and also helps you locate chests. You'll also find keys, uh, you need silver keys to open silver key chests, so there's a lot of like collecting things in the game. Obviously I'm talking about it on the podcast because you can use magic. Um, the spells that you get to use are really basic traditional spells like fire, ice, electricity, and you can do them in a wide area attack or you can use the left analog stick to actually just launch them at specific characters and specific targets. But there's also quite a lot of magical stuff in the games. So in Fable 2 you start life with your sister as poor street urchins in pseudo-medieval Albion and you go around and you get invited up to the big old castle but it turns out there's an evil guy in there and he shoots your sister in the head and throws you through a window and you were adopted by Teresa who is a mysterious character. I think she's described as like a fortune teller, a blind fortune teller. Uh, she then leads you on your way to 
becoming strong enough to unite the remaining heroes of Albion to take down this evil dude who is trying to rebuild a spire out at sea, this massive tower, which grants you one wish when you build it and then is destroyed. Lots of magical stuff there. You also encounter in that game various magical things. There's a magical music box and quite a lot of nightmarish sequences centre around that. You visit sacred wells that are full of evil creatures and various other places. And in Fable 3, you start life as the princess. Uh, your brother is king. I play as a princess. You can also be a prince. You can choose to be a man or a woman in both games. Then you find out that your brother is a horrific despot, which I don't know how you didn't notice given how he looks. But you basically try and get a base in all of the lands of Albion to overthrow him and then you have to try and save your newfound kingdom from a grave ancient evil. So there's a lot of quite basic but very evocative RPG kind of story plot lines going on. Now the graphics of the game, let's face it, do not look good in the year of our Lord 2019 but they are still quite serviceable. On the Xbox 360 at the time they came out, they did look really good, um, but obviously they've aged since then. Uh, they have this kind of slightly cartoonish uh, look to them, which kind of reminds me of things like um, Kingdom Hearts, things like that. Maybe not quite as cartoony, but still a little bit not aiming for realism, very stylized. So I think that works in their favour. And you might think, oh, these games sound really cute and lovely and wonderful, and I would like to gamble freely through golden fields of wheat with a dog at my heels that finds treasure. And that is 50% of the game. The other 50% is unexpectedly horrifying things. Um, for example, you'll go into places that just scare the tits off you for no readily apparent reason. I find some bits of it really unnerving. There is, for example... Um, various things that you could open in the game called demon doors and they are big doors with a big face in and the big face will tell you it wants something um, some of them want you to bring them a specific item like one of them you have to kick a chicken into its mouth and others want you to play the loot in front of them or propose to your sweetheart there are various conditions for opening them and inside is a sort of pocket dimension which usually contains treasure and maybe one building like a house or something that you can live in with your spouse or just something weird and wonderful that you might want to look at and some of these are just downright weird there's one where you go in and there's a very beautiful picturesque christmas cottage covered in snow and it's all lovely and pretty and wonderful and then as you get closer to it it just suddenly changes into a ruined old shack and where there were lovely lanterns hanging there are now bodies in metal cages like the way that they would hang up like i don't know highwaymen or whatever there's also a tower that when you sleep in it for the night after purchasing it you are sent to a very weird sort of pocket dimension with a sentient treasure chest called imaginatively chesty who makes you play murderous games and talks to you as if you are his bestest best buddy in the whole wide world and he just wants to watch you suffer basically so a lot of things that you go and see in those games weirdly unnerving it has this kind of creeping horror that i associate with good horror podcasts um so that's also an element that you can enjoy as for the actual use of like magic and stuff obviously you're not termed a witch because you are a hero but you can go around you know with your magical sword and fling fireballs at people and you can feel fairly witchy you can also buy a pointy hat and dye it black because you can dye basically every item of clothing a different color 
so if you're like me, you will instantly put on a black pointy hat and declare yourself Witch Queen of Albion. The Fable series gets kind of a bad rep because of a long-running joke, which even someone like me, who isn't particularly involved in anything to do with the news and development surrounding video games is aware of, and that is that Peter Molyneux of Lionhead, or formerly of Lionhead, in the development stages of all of the Fable games, promised things that then weren't in the actual game. Uh, basically, it was just a case of his mouth getting away from him, I think, and he was just talking about things that he'd love to see, like uh, trees growing in real time is probably one that is um, quoted quite a lot, and like the world changing and growing as you make choices. Now, it does do that. There are moral choice elements in Fable 2 and Fable 3, but not to the extent that he was maybe thinking. And although the games are really good and I've enjoyed them for many a year, they are not the amazing game changing games that he made them out to be. So a lot of people were kind of disappointed with that. However, they are definitely great games to add to your collection, especially if you like magic, if you aren't particularly king to mess around with statistics and stuff like in other rpgs that i've reviewed uh, if you just want something simple where you can explore and find treasure and basically get to grips with playing a game without all that assumed knowledge because the tutorials are ridiculously handholdy and it will just teach you everything you need to know about playing the game it's also not one with punishing combat or deaths because although in fable 2 and 3 when you get killed essentially where you run out of health uh, you get knocked down but you get up again and the only thing that happens is that you get a scar that you then cannot remove and it's located somewhere on your body usually somewhere that is covered by clothes so it doesn't really matter i think the game developers thought that it would matter to us a lot more than it ended up doing but if it bothers you you can get potions within the game that will remove those scars Another good feature of the game that I really enjoy is it's sort of jam-packed with what I would term British humour. Um, there's a lot of like weird stuff, either in terms of like flavour text, like pun names on gravestones or weird things happening in certain missions. But there's also like a lot of dialogue and characters, which is quite amusing. And some of the actual missions that you go on are also very funny. For example, I was singing a song at the beginning of this one. Uh, that is because in Fable 3 you encounter a crazy dude who loves garden gnomes. He has uh, a collection of about 50 garden gnomes in a little garden next to his house and they have like the little red pointy hats and the little white beards and he himself also dresses as a gnome and he asks you to help him um, bring his gnomes to life by getting a specific object that he needs. So you get it for him, you bring it back. Uh, he uses it and all the gnomes come to life and they start singing that very fun gnome song. But then later when you go back and speak to him again, he's very upset because his gnomes became evil. And when you try and dispel them and make them go back to being just normal gnomes, they disappear and infest the map. And you'll find them clinging to trees or walls and they generally kind of yell insults at you in little squeaky voices as you go past. And the only way to send them back to him and rid them of their evil demonic possession is to shoot them with a pistol. And once you've done all that, it finishes the quest and you get a unique gun. This is similar to another quest that you got in Fable 2, but it was gargoyles in that that shouted abuse at you until you shot them. So it's things like that quite amusing and fun but there's also terrifying things like for example balverines which are werewolves i guess if a werewolf can be like 
like imagine a werewolf and then imagine crossing it with actual wolverine from x-men and then an actual wolverine and you will get a balverine they're terrifying and i hate them. and they just drop out of trees and attack you and you go to villages that are played by balverines and you get to meet ghosts and other things that are quite scary but it's again that kind of blending of like comedy uh, and it kind of riffs on several things to do with fantasy as well at one point you get shrunk down and you have to go through a like dungeons and dragons style tabletop game but as like a tiny person and when you look up you can see the guys who are playing the game looking down at you in the world and little cardboard cut out people come up to you and talk to you so there's things like that and then there's the terrifying things like when a woman says help me help me my daughter has been kidnapped by balverines and then you go to save the daughter and it turns out that that woman was a balverine in disguise luring you into a trap some special mentions of fable 3 although very similar to fable 2 instead of taking place in pseudo medieval land it has moved on a little ways and now takes place in a sort of pseudo early victorian period where there's a lot of steampunk and clockwork elements and people now have guns and there's also quite a lot of like mining and stuff ruining the environment once you become king or queen different gameplay aspects are introduced for the first time because and i don't want to give spoilers but this game came out a long ass time ago so get your spoiler pants on you have to raise a certain amount of money to protect the kingdom from an invasion from a mythological creature uh, that is coming and will destroy you all and that is basically why your brother was being such a dickhead is because he was trying to raise the money to save albion although he was doing it in a horrible way by like taxing everybody extremely highly and just being a dick so you have to try and balance the promises you made on your way to being king or queen with the realities of trying to save all that money which would be fine and i've managed to do it a number of times but there is a moment half like because it times you down for the year you have to prepare and you have to take money from your personal stash and put it into the treasury of king or queen if you want to like fund it and there's a point at which you think you have like several months left and then you do a mission you come back and it instantly cuts out those months and puts you on the day of invasion and if you're not aware of that and not know that it's coming in time you could be stuck with all the remaining cash you need in your own personal treasury and not in the royal treasury and no chance to transfer it which is irritating as fuck so i thought i'd give you a little warning if you are going to go off and play that game that happens look out for it also there are several annoying decisions you have to make about money um usually it's a moral choice thing of like do you want to ruin this area with mining to make a lot of cash or do you want to do the nice thing for the people who live there and let them keep it as an area of natural beauty even though that will lose you money and they will probably be slaughtered if you can't make that money up elsewhere those decisions are kind of annoying to make because there is no real middle ground on those you can't like negotiate it, there's no real nuance however there are things like when you become king or queen you get to redecorate your palace ostensibly this costs no money even though it actually would and it kind of annoys me that that's not a moral choice it just lets you pick a color and you're like but could i not say no to this and then save a butt ton of money apparently not in the main if you like games where you play magic if you want to get into rpgs but don't 
want to deal with a lot of the like inventory management and skill trees and all the rest of it this is a great game for you you can get into it really easily and it does play like it was intended for children but there is enough kind of adult humor and some spookiness in there to make sure you still get plenty of enjoyment from it if you are someone like me who enjoys playing things like dragon age and dragon's dogma which are maybe the more complex difficult ends of like rpg it's still worth playing, it's quite fun, it can be like a game where you can just decompress after a, a particularly harrowing and difficult playthrough of another game and just enjoy going around twatting some zombie type hollow men things and doing a few little missions and enjoying the vocal stylings of Zoe Wanamaker and Stephen Fry. It's definitely one for people who like playing with magic and who like having supernatural elements within their games. So. Get down your local CEX or online and get you a copy because I guarantee it's going to be like £2 and well worth it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you can think of any other games that you would like me to take a look at or review, do get in touch. You can do so on Twitter, which is at Witchfix, or by email, which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.